What is up, everybody? Happy Wednesday. Good evening. Welcome to Big Blue Avenue. It is week 19. The Giants have not made the playoffs. The season has ended. Sam, how are you doing tonight? To go on since we've last spoken to the audience here, and I'm excited. Me too. Um, I First of all, despite the not, not play, making the playoffs, it's okay because we had a fantastic game to end off the season. We ended the season with a win, and not just like a close win. We had like a in-the-bag win against the Philadelphia Eagles, which is always an amazing time. I mean, we let them only score 10 points the whole game, and it was only in the second half. We went into halftime with 27 to nothing. So I think, uh, I believe Jordan just told me this stat. I'm pretty sure this is the biggest lead we've had over the Eagles since 2012, um, which is an interesting statistic there. But I was super excited to see you know us kind of go out that way because if we go out into the offseason with a loss, it's, it's, it's going to suck. Not, you know, obviously still not going to the playoffs, but happy that we were able to end off with a win against a divisional game team against the Eagles and of themselves and uh I am uh, I'm excited for the downfall of the Eagles this playoff uh run here go Bucks that's right go Tampa Bay very excited to um talk about the Eagles demise briefly before we get into some offseason stuff but if you're new folks there's where to follow us on our social media platforms and Sam I've got to tell you, I was very excited watching this game. Sterling Shepard's last game as a New York Giant, and we finally beat the Eagles for him. It felt oh so good. Shep moves into fifth all time in New York Giants history in receptions, had three catches for 18 yards, and honestly, an illustrious career. We know he sort of indirectly announced his retirement yesterday, just 30 years old, but through eight seasons, had 372 catches for over 4,000 yards and 23. He never had a 1,000-yard season, but Sam Sterling Shepard was a great New York Giant, and he'll be truly missed by the organization and the fans. 100%. You know, we talked about it this entire year. You know, we knew this was going to happen. Everybody knew Shep was going to be done after this year. And when we were even talking about some off-season things uh, about a week or two ago, we were like, yeah, you know, Shep's not going to be coming back. Um, it's not going to make any sense for him. It's not going to make any sense for us. But, you know, he's done a lot for us. He has been a great leader. He's been a great asset to our team for years and years and years. He's always stuck by it, even through the ups, through the downs through whatever quarterback's in, whatever head coach we have. You know, Sterling Shepard has seen it all at this point, and he probably was just like, you know, there's no reason for me to go chase the money and look for another team. Let me end my career here as a Giant. We'll always love him. We'll always respect him. Um, I hope that he has a wonderful time no longer playing football, spending time with his family, um, his wife, and all that good stuff. So I'm, I'm just real happy for him, you know. It sucks we're not going to see him anymore, but at this point in his career, he knew it was time to hang it up. So, but yes, the the banner says it all. Thank you, Shep, for everything that you've done for us over this insane time to be a Giants fan. Absolutely, and a well-deserved send-off for Sterling Shepard. 
Um, folks, as we go through the topics tonight, feel free to leave a like on this video, not because we're fishing for them, because it helps with the algorithm, and we'd really appreciate it um, spreading the show around. And feel free to comment as well with your questions and thoughts. We will talk about the Link Martindale drama that has taken place. Um, another giant who might have played his last game with us on Sunday was Saquon Barkley, Sam, and you know, there's been a lot of questions on what his future will be. He had two touchdowns on Sunday, but he finished the year averaging on under four yards per carry, approaching, you know, age 27. He did have that nice 46-yard catch and run down the sideline, but what do you think about Saquon, you know, off the surface here, um, thoughts heading into 2024, and thoughts on his performance on Sunday? Um, great performance, great way to end off, um, you know, if this is the end for Saquon, and I really hope it's not, I really hope we can figure it out, but it was very obvious, even like following directly after the game, people were on like immediately asking him questions and he basically said, it's out of my control. Um, you know, I, I think he said he wasn't going to be doing an exit interview, and he was just like, you know, they know my phone number. They can call me when they're ready to figure this out. I'd like for it to happen sooner than later. I don't want to wait until March to get tagged again. Um, so, which I think are all valid thoughts and, and, you know, feelings to have about the situation. He just went through it last year. So I think he's valid in all of the things that he wants. Um it's just a matter of whether or not we're able to figure something out in terms of money. Um, it sounds like, though, that he does want to stay. He just genuinely doesn't know what the situation is going to be. He genuinely feels like, I don't know where I'm going to be at this time next year. Um, but it doesn't mean that I'm not going to be a giant. You know, it's it's he's not ruling it out completely. Um so it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening, but I'm a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. I am too. Um, John Suggs saying, what's up? Barkley will get the franchise tag. John, appreciate the comment. I Sam, I don't want to speak on your behalf, but I do disagree with this. Um, it's either all or nothing at this point. John, he's 27. He played on the tag this past year. He's not doing it again. He deserves to get paid. Um, do I want to pay him that money? No. Will Joe Shane pay him that money? Most likely not. So I don't expect him to be a giant next season, unfortunately. Uh, take no pleasure in saying that. But, but Sam, do you agree with this or not so much? No, I, I would agree with everything you just said. I would say um, I'm sure there'll be an effort made. I'm sure things will be tried to figure out. But at the end of the day, there's just way too much going on for an aging running back who's been injured way too many times. And he he believes he deserves more. And he does, you know, he does. He's a talented football player. And I wish we were able to give him what he wanted. But at the end of the day, after playing on the tag last year, um, I just don't think that that's going to happen. Would you trade Barkley to the Bears for a pick? Well, they would have to do something with him first, right? He's an unrestricted free agent. And I don't think the bears are much better than the giants. If at all right now, remember the giants won a playoff game last year. 
Um, and yes, they didn't look great this year, but this is a team that also had a lot of injuries. I don't think Chicago is in a position to go out and, you know, trade with the Giants for Barkley. I don't think that would happen. I think it would, if it were to happen, I think it would be with more. I think it would be with a team maybe like the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I, I don't see it happening with Chicago, though. Um, that That's for sure. But appreciate that comment, John. Uh, yeah, look, I, I think him and Tyrod played well on Sunday, Sam. I thought Tyrod had a really good game. You know, he missed the 300-yard mark by just three yards. And realistically speaking, I thought Mike Kafka did a really, really good job. I thought there was a balance of game plan. The Eagles had just two sacks. We outgained them by 116 yards. And the Eagles, realistically, Sam, they quit at halftime. They quit. I mean, they came in before the first half ended. Bench Jalen Hurts. Yeah, he hurt his middle finger. Uh, Brown got hurt when he fumbled. And when Nick McLeod stripped the ball and McFadden recovered it, Brown got hurt there. He might not play a Monday night against Tampa Bay. There's a chance. So, yeah, I know Slay was out. Swift was out. Uh, Devontae Smith but this was not a good performance. The Eagles looked awful. Um, their old line gave up five sacks to the Giants, and they only threw 109 total pass yards and turned it over four times. I mean, Brian Johnson is an awful offensive coordinator. Their offense is so predictable. Um, one of my buddies said, you know, Bergen Catholic has a better offensive game plan right now than the Philadelphia Eagles. So. Sam, your thoughts on the Giants' playmakers in this game and really just how bad the Eagles' game plan was coming out? I think that, and I'm glad you brought up all the people that didn't play for the Eagles. If any people who are rooting for the Eagles are saying, oh, yeah, well, we didn't win because of this, like, no. We played against you on Christmas Day, and it was very obvious there was many different penalties and certain things that happened that made us not win that game. But that game, we almost won as well. Um in terms of quitting at halftime, they saw Jalen go out and they were just like, we're not winning this game. Um, it just all around looked bad. A.J. Brown went down at one point, uh, like you were saying. Um, so it just they were just losing people. It wasn't looking good for them. And they just they took the punch. They they just let us take over. And I was happy to see that. Um Unfortunately, that's not something you can do in a playoff game. You can't just give up halfway through it um, and hope for next week. It's not how it works. Um, but yeah, the the Giants looked good. Tyrod really like I respect that man so much. He has done like I said, like we've talked about Shep, we talked about Saquon, and like I know Tyrod hasn't been on our team for years and years and years, but that guy really has given everything that he's got for us. Like he just does what he needs to do as a backup quarterback. And he'll, you know, he'll come, you know, he'll, if the time was earlier in his career, he would come back the next year and sit on the bench again. And he just rides the bench until it's his time. And he's, he's just, uh, I'm, I was just really happy with the way that he played, um, knowing possibly that it was also his last football game and as a, either as a giant or of all time, it's just overall, they, they just really looked confident out there. They looked good. Um, obviously knowing they weren't going to be going into the playoffs, still putting it all out on the field, still doing everything they needed to do. But yeah, overall, good stuff. And folks, if you're watching, any comments you might have for us as we talk this through, 
feel free to uh, comment in the chat. We'd love to talk with you and uh, answer your questions. Be much appreciated. And appreciate everybody too. Um, to add to your point, Sam, defensively too, I mean, McKinney looked outstanding, you know, adding to the Eagles' troubles. Two interceptions and Aziz Ojolari with two sacks um, on the on the year. And, you know, once again, I'm going to counter on Brian Attard's tanking um, argument earlier this year. Brian, if, if you're watching, yeah, the Giants only dropped one draft spot. And you have to play to win the game. You always do. Jihad Ward got his fifth sack on Sunday. It was a strip sack that helped not only give the Giants the football and help them win the game, he hit an, an incentive four opponents. So that was critical for the Giants on Sunday. I was very happy to see that. And the defense really ended off on a strong suit. They finished the year with at least one takeaway in the final eight games. Um, and then Bobby O'Karake and Xavier McKinney both continued to play hard this season. Um, they also were the only defenders in the entire National Football League to not miss a snap. So as Sam goes and fixes her alarm quick, she'll be back in just a moment. Um, I, realistically, folks, oh, there she is. Hey, Sam, welcome back. Thank you. Um, just talking with the folks, and realistically, I think the Giants, 6-11 and 11 is not where you want to be. But I was just about to mention, finally, before we get in, into our Player of the Week, this team never quit on Brian Dable. And I think it speaks volumes to the type of coach that he is. And I was very happy to see that. Yeah, for sure. And I think too, people were talking about Dable losing his job earlier this year. And we both were under the impression that that one was not going to happen. And two, we don't think it's necessary, at least right now. So I think that everyone's kind of looking forward to this third year as a coach. You know, we, Talk, you know, we were talking about them when they were on the Bills and how they escalated to super high standards and when they ended up in their third year. And that's where we're entering right now. And I feel like a lot of things are going to fall into place for not only the Giants, but Brian Dable. And obviously we'll talk about the coaching staff in just a little bit, but they really did. They, you know, they're trusting in him and he's letting, you know, he's making it happen you know it's not like they're like trusting in him and we're failing and failing and failing like we are have that potential to be the good team that we are and I really I'd like to think that it's coming soon I really I really believe that absolutely I do agree um but let's get to our player of the week and remind their folks the Bills were six and ten in the second year of their rebuild. Giants went six and eleven. Very similar stuff. Bills are now the two seed in the AFC. All right, let's get to our player of the week, Sam. Our final one of the season. Who did we ro- roll with here? We ended up going with offensively, Juan Dale Robinson. And this was, um, I think I texted this to you immediately after this game was over. I wanted Wandale Robinson to be our player of the week. Um, while he didn't have like the most 
insane game. He had he was where he needed to be at every point in this game, which is why I wanted to name him the player of the week. Five catches for 85 yards on six targets. He had that huge 33-yard reception, which made me audibly gasp. It was so gorgeous. Um, and obviously this past year hasn't been this show-stopping year for Wandale. 60 catches for just 525 yards, one touchdown, um, and 29 of those receptions were for first down. So it's very obvious where we use Wandale either on second, third down, even fourth down if we end up throwing the ball, which most likely doesn't happen. But And I added this at the end, this high potential going into a rocky offseason. You know, I really feel like Wandale Robinson is going to be this staple on our offense that makes things happen, that is going to be like, okay, listen, are we going to do a new quarterback situation? Are we getting a new coordinator we're here we're there I feel like Wandale is going to be somebody who is going to be consistent he's going to only get better as the years go on and I'm very excited to see the way his career pans out and he stayed healthy when he got back on the field this year which was critical not everyone unfortunately could say the same thing the Giants also reduced their ACL Injuries this year from six in 2022 to just two in 2023. One of them being Daniel Jones, though, uh, of course, the most important position. But have a comment here from Marcus. Uh, shout out Marcus, uh, admin of Sports View 2. Uh, make sure to go check out his work and his content. I believe he's a commander, Dan. Um, do you think the Giants will get a quarterback? Um, I do. I just don't know if it will be in the draft or free agency. I think if the question is, do we draft one in the first round? I think the answer right now is no. Um, I think the answer right now is no, because we are picking sixth. And yes, Daniel Jones was picked at sixth overall in 2019. But realistically speaking, um, I think the top of the class this year is so quarterback heavy that after you get past the first three to four picks, I think there is a significant drop-off, right? Mm -hmm. So, for example, outside of the quarterback position, the best players in the draft are probably Fashanu, Alt, Marvin Harrison Jr. And then you got three quarterbacks that could potentially go top six in Daniels, May, and Caleb. And I think all three of those guys will be gone by the time pick number six overall comes about. But what do you think, Sam? I know we saw a a real poor performance by both quarterbacks in Monday night's national championship game, but more Penix than McCarthy. I thought McCarthy is held back a little bit by the scheme, but uh, what do you think about, about this comment? In the national championship itself, it was very obviously run based um you know McCarthy really wasn't given that opportunity to throw the ball as much um as maybe somebody who's scouting a quarterback would want to see um but yeah I, I if if we ended up taking JJ McCarthy with the sixth pick I'd be pretty angry um I think that or if we traded up specifically for JJ McCarthy I think that there are other quarterbacks in this draft that we could either get later on or if we're going to trade up for I mean honestly I know Washington lost but I think I like Michael Penix Jr. more than I like J.J. McCarthy Um, but 
that's also Michael Penix Jr. really isn't the Mara Tish vibe, you know, like that's not really how they feel. You know, they'd be more of a JJ McCarthy or Drake May kind of uh pick. But um yeah, I do think at some point we're gonna get some sort of quarterback. It's just kind of inevitable, not only uh because of Daniel Jones's performance, but also just the fact that Daniel Jones perform Daniel Jones as a whole, I think it's safe to say is an injury prone quarterback, unfortunately. Um, it's very constant that he gets hurt and we have to deal with a Tyrod Taylor and a Tommy DeVito. Um, so I'd rather have a guy who comes in and is able to, you know, stand um, and and finish out a season. So uh, overall, though, I agree with you. I think that these guys are going to go pretty early on. And by the time it comes around, I'd rather go with some of the guys that you were mentioning. I know we talked about um, Joe Alt for uh, a while ago. So it, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting draft, but not a quarterback at six. Um, Brian Albert, hello. Uh, if we go QB first round, we need someone that can run for his life. <laughs> I like that. I definitely agree. Um, we'll see who the Giants bring in as their O-line coach. And I think, Sam, that's a great segue into our next segment, the coach firings and transactions. New York Giants let go Bobby Johnson, their O-line coach, and Thomas McGahey, their special teams coordinator, early Monday morning. And we'll get to the defensive side of the ball in just a few moments. But, Sam, Bobby Johnson coached the O-line the last two years, good buddies with Dable from Buffalo, but this O-line was historically bad this year. They allowed 85 sacks, and that was 20 more than any other team. And outside of Ben Bredesen, none of those guys – Stayed healthy. Glowinski was benched. Neil concussion, and then some other stuff. Uh, Schmitz missed like six games in the first half of the year. Andrew Thomas missed like weeks two through eight. It, it was awful. It was awful this year with the O line, and they couldn't rebound. the The backups, the, the depth was atrocious, and that's on Joe Shane and the front office. Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm not surprised Bobby Johnson was let go. Uh, McGahee kind of just like, okay, that's, that's fine. I'm, I wasn't really too focused in on special teams this year. Um, but, yeah, that offensive line was very obviously um, the weakest point of our team, um, like I mentioned in the video that we posted uh, yesterday but um, or the other day. Um, so – I, I'm just uh, I'm interested to see who we bring in and who is going to be our offensive line coach and then how our offensive line is going to be changing by the time the next year comes around in terms of not only people, not, not only players, but just stylistically because it is so important for us to improve in what we were doing. But also there were a couple staples that were doing really well. Obviously somebody like Andrew Thomas is like, He's a good player. He was playing well. And I'm really hoping that we just improve him in his game and not like change a lot of things. Cause that's when things get a little dicey. Um, but overall I'm, I'm really hoping we make the right choice offense offensive line wise, because once that offensive line is a brick wall, I think it really is not going to matter too much who we have under center at least next year. Um, Cause I think it's going to give us a lot more leeway 
offensively? All legitimate stuff. Uh, yeah, that's that's a good point. I, I can't really figure out who they might bring in. We know Carmen Brasillo was interviewed, who we'll talk about in a few moments. We just want to get through all the firings first. Um, they, they tried to interview somebody else, but that re- request was denied. Uh, McGahee as well, six seasons with the team, survived three coach firings. Um, and it sucks because right after that, the exit meetings, we saw two Giants players on expiring rookie contracts say goodbye via social media. Carter Coughlin and Cam Brown, the Giants' two most heavily used special teamers, each posted goodbye Instagram posts on Monday following exit meetings. Uh, Carter Coughlin actually said goodbye in his message. Cam Brown said, see you all on the flip side. Uh, Sam, very sad to see those two go, um, especially Carter because I know he's been through a lot of adversity since he's been here. You know, Cam Brown, a former captain. But both of those guys had the highest percentage of special team snaps this season. And, you know, we'll see what the Giants do. If they draft a new linebacker or so, maybe the Darian Beavers era has begun officially a year removed from the ACL. Maybe he needed a year on the practice squad to revamp. And you know what? Mm -hmm. I hope that's what it is. It sucks to lose two guys like that especially at those positions, because I feel like we finally had a linebacking core that was doing what they needed to do defensively, you know, having Bobby Okereke in the mix and being that leader in the linebacker room and on the field for the defense. Um, It it sucks to see these guys saying goodbye. Um, But I feel like it also gives us the opportunity to improve, like, like, our defense is about to be completely different now that Wink is gone. You know, like, we'd have to, there are changes that are going to be made anyway. So, you know, I'd like to think maybe blessing in disguise here in terms of player switching and, and guys who are going to be moving on. So we kind of feel out the scheme a little bit differently. Schematics are huge, and as Sam just pointed out, Wink Martindale is gone. This is probably going to be our funnest segment of the show. Um, Get out your popcorn, folks. If you're not a Giants fan or if you are a Giants fan watching this and you're not sure of what's been going on the last couple days, hasn't necessarily been good. Uh, The offseason is off to a wild, rocky start. Giants defensive coordinator Wink Martindale reportedly resigned after two seasons with the team. However, he did not mutually part ways with the Giants until today. Rewinding to yesterday, he reportedly, and this was reported by Paul Schwartz of the New York Post. This is not some, you know, social media GM saying this. Martindale reportedly cursed out Brian Dable before storming out of the building in a very tense meeting. Martindale did not officially submit the resignation letter to the Giants as of yesterday. He was spotted carrying a large iced coffee at Newark Airport heading back to Sarasota, Florida. And if you don't believe me, we have the picture. I'll share my screen in just a moment. I mean, Sam... This is like, uh, 
I don't really know even what to make of this. I mean, at the beginning, it was like, oh, like, did Dable possibly do something or was it Wink? Now it's like, oh, yeah, Wink is definitely acting like a child right now with this whole thing. Yeah, it was very obvious. And that picture of him at the airport is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Um, I definitely, you know, we, we were going back and forth about that original Jake Laser report of the incident between them two those two earlier in the season and we both kind of were just like no it's nothing like we were like no Dable came out and he said it's not true like this and that and obviously it was just to save face for the rest of the season um which I respect you know you don't want to pull up a bunch of dust and, and unnecessarily but I think that's really funny that there he is with the and the thing is too, he looks like he just walked off the sideline. Like that's exactly what he'd be wearing. <laughs> he looks like he just walked off the sideline and walked to Newark Airport. But he needs his caffeine. He's going down to start catching the rays in Sarasota. But yeah, I'm I'm not surprised. Um I was a little surprised when we first heard it, but as everything started to unfold, I was like, okay. Like obviously Wink Martindale. Not happy, not happy with Dable, not a good fit anymore in our organization. Time to find somebody new. And this is exactly how it ended in Baltimore, not cursing out and storming out the door, but Wink Martindale kind of thought he was the head coach at times instead of mm. John Harbaugh. And, you know, you, I mean, our buddy Fonz Falco, who's a Ravens fan, could probably tell you, you know, it didn't end great in Baltimore either. And the defense actually improved after Wink left, you know, known for his innovative style, a blitzkrieg style defense at a high frequency. But what led to this folks, if you're wondering, the giants let go outside linebackers, coach drew Wilkins and his brother, Kevin by association um, before this. And Wink was reported to be safe. The giants mentioned General Manager Joe Shane and head coach Brian Dable in a presser early Monday morning that they expect both Mike Kafka and Wink Martindale to stay for the 2024 season. Once Wink found out about the news about Drew and Kevin, that might have been the Giants' way of playing cat and mouse with him. Let's force him to resign. And, you know, you could argue, yeah, maybe that's not right. Maybe it's sneaky, but... Drew Wilkins wasn't all that great this year, guys. I mean, let's be a little bit realistic here. The Giants defense ranked 27th in the NFL. Now, yes, they were tied for a league-best 31 takeaways. But the entertainer, who's been on the show before, great guest, by the way, posted a stat. And Sam, I think you might have saw this too. The Giants, obviously, they're first in blitz frequency the last two years. The Giants had the 29th most sacks in the NFL. That is fourth worst in the National Football League. Yikes. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Mm-hmm. Not good. And the thing is, too, we've constantly talked about how well our defense has played in some of these games. So if we're talking and praising the work that happened this year, imagine what we're going to be feeling if we have somebody very dedicated and uh, can work with our defense really well. Feel like we're I feel like yeah. we're gonna be on the up and ups. I would hope so. Um I guess to finalize this whole thing, 
the resignation, Wink is allowed to go where he wants now, take any defensive coordinator, head coach, job, whatever it may be that he wants with another team. And the Giants will keep the $3 million that they owed him because Wink's contract was through the 2024 season. Obviously, he's expected to be in high demand. Players loved and respected him on the team. Obviously, there were some internal issues that were kept close to the vest prior to Monday. But, Sam, through all of this tension and drama, I mean, Wink, I, I do think he is a good dude. This just – this this – this wasn't a good look on him. And I'm still going to wish him the best. I mean, you know, I'd wish my own worst enemy the, the best. Just, you know, don't sit at my table type type of thing. And that's why I wish for Wink Martindale here. Um, I definitely have respect for him. I just don't like the way he handled this at all. Yeah, for sure. Like I said, we talked about this defense and we praised Wink Martindale this year. And, I don't think I have any ill will towards the man. In fact, I'm kind of glad he kind of spiced up our offseason right in the beginning just to make it a little bit more fun. Um, you know, I'd, I don't really have any ill will towards him. Yeah, maybe yeah. he shouldn't have cursed a table, but these guys were obviously – this was just a, a freight train with no brakes on it. It was going to happen at some point. Um, so, yeah, you know, thanks for giving us a bit of a better defense this year. Kind of helped us out a bit. And uh, good luck on everything that you do in the future there, bud. Absolutely. Um, shout out to Gonzo. It was referenced to Bobby Johnson earlier. Sam, let's talk about what's been going on the last couple of days. So the Giants officially, they did it today. One day after firing Bobby Johnson, they successfully interviewed Raiders O-line coach Carmen Brasillo. Um, he joined Josh McDaniels in Las Vegas after three seasons with the Patriots. Um, what do you think of Brasillo off the surface? Prefer like kind of get into the stats and whatnot with what he's done with Vegas. What are your overall thoughts on this? Did, did you get to you know see anything that you liked on uh, online so far, or is it just kind of like you know maybe feeling out process? I'm sure they'll interview a bunch of other candidates too, but I don't think this is a bad candidate at all off the surface here. Just glancing quickly at the statistics here, um, it's obvious that he gets the job done offensive line-wise. You know, like, he will protect the quarterback. The quarterback has a chance to do things well. Um, You know, it seems like I don't have any issues with this off the surface. Um, If I delved a little deeper, maybe I'd find something else. But um, honestly, just looking at these statistics, you know, or O-line ranked top 10 unit by PFF in 2022 and 2023. Sounds pretty good to me. So definitely an improvement from what we have. Anything I think at this point would be better than what we're dealing with right now. And if we remember 2021, Mac Jones and the Patriots, I think they made the playoffs in Mac Jones's rookie year. That was the year they lost to Buffalo in the wild, in the wild card mm-hmm. round. They made the playoffs with Mac Jones, and Mac Jones was the sixth least starting quarterback in the National Football League. You see what happens when you can protect your quarterback? You could win 10 games and make a playoff run. It's possible. It starts up front in the trenches. And the Giants won last year a playoff game on the road with Daniel Jones. Telling me if they get a competent old line coach, the Giants can't make the playoffs again with Daniel Jones at quarterback. 
They absolutely could. They absolutely could. I'm not saying Daniel Jones is a long-term answer. But what I'm saying is you get the right pieces in place. You don't have to force your hand. So overall, I think the O-line is what needs the most work. The quarterback position also needs work. It does. But if you get Brasillo or whoever it might be, I know the Giants tried to request uh, Falcons O-line coach Dwayne Ledford, but the Falcons denied that request. I mean, the Falcons have assembled an awesome offensive line. And, you know, it's played devil's advocate. The Falcons O-line is great, but they went, what was it, 8-9, and 7-10? This Mm. year, whatever it was, they weren't that good. And you could argue, yes, the quarterback played the coaching, but the Giants have the coaching where if your quarterback play is lacking at times, you could still make a run at this thing, you know? So overall, I realistically think that Brian Dable and Joe Shane are in a position now in year three where they, they have to get these hires right, which is why I think the Giants have seen some over some semi overhaul of their coaching staff a little bit, Sam. I think a lot of, you know, yes, we, we liked wink. We liked uh, Kafka, but a lot of the assistants below them were no good. Were no good. And I think Kafka realized that unfortunately wink didn't, and that's okay. But if Kafka is willing to innovate and collaborate with Brian Dable, exactly what he's looking for, then I think this could work out. I really do. So going back to your Falcons point for a second, um, you know, you think maybe one to two games go differently for the Falcons and the Buccaneers lose in week 18. All of a sudden they're division leaders. All of a sudden the the Falcons are in the playoffs because that that division itself was weird and not great, but tight um, between the Bucks, the Falcons and the Saints. So we could be having a completely total, totally different conversation about the Falcons right now if they were in the playoffs, which was a very possible situation for them to end up in just based off of their division. And I think that it's a hundred percent right. Like if your offensive line is giving your semi average quarterback, the time to just that extra second to make a decision, they're going to more likely than not make a better decision than they were a second or two before that. So your offensive line is crucial, crucial I mean, Desmond Ritter, Taylor Heineke, these are not star quarterbacks, but they had their days where they played incredibly good. Now you have a good quarterback behind a good offensive line, and you have the 49ers, you know? They, like, it's like it's crazy how, how different things are. And again, I'm saying good quarterback. Like, Brock Purdy is not great. He is good. He gets the job done because he has a complete offense. But, like... Could you imagine like how the difference it would be to have a good offensive line? It's just, it's incredibly important. And I'm totally okay with focusing in on that offensive line this offseason. Quick comment here from Robert, New York Giants. What is up, Robert? He says, trade back in the draft and get the picks. Interesting. I agree. If especially those three QBs are drafted. Um, Sam, I know Ivick's. I voiced my displeasure about Caleb, but I would Same. consider picking May or even Daniels. You know, Daniels played in the SEC. He did a good job. If neither of those guys are there, I'm willing to trade back and ride out with Daniel Jones in 2024. I am willing to do that. And yeah, I do agree with this comment if the opportunity is right. 
I, I'd be okay with Jaden Daniels. Yeah. I think that'd be nice. And two years ago, his Arizona State teammates were trashing his locker. And he transfers to LSU and wins the Heisman Trophy. Jaden Daniels, you know, he did a really good job. And Brian Kelly is not the easiest coach to work with. I like him. Mm-hmm. I do as a Notre Dame fan. I do. But, uh, yeah, so Daniels made it work with Kelly. He could definitely, definitely make it work with Brian Dable. What's up, Tudo? How's it going? Uh, salute and respects to Big Tommy and Sam. Appreciate you. Um, happy New Year, by the way. Happy New Year. I know we're second week of the New Year, second show. but <laughs> Happy New Year. Sam, I finally, I think it was last week, I started writing 24 in my dates. So I think I'm good now. <laughs> yeah. No, it takes a hot second to get used to it, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Um other news today, the Giants, their assistant GM, Brandon Brown, has been requested to be interviewed by the Panthers. And I should have included the Chargers in this as well, but they might mm-hmm. want to interview him. And um, He's been a good assistant to Joe Shane the last two years. He played a pivotal role in them drafting Daniel Bellinger in 2022. So best of luck to Brandon Brown. I would prefer to keep him at least for one more year to get three drafts with Shane and Brown together. Cause the last thing I want to do, Sam is look for an assistant GM right now with all this going on. And I agree. Kafka as well. I mean, I don't know what you think about this. This is uh this is definitely interesting. Very, very interesting. I don't think Kafka gets that job. No, I don't think it's any job. <laughs> I don't think that that happens. It's nice of them to reach out, though, and give him the opportunity. <laughs> he did get interviewed last year by multiple I remember. He, he was a finalist last year for the Panthers job. Hmm. I mean, it, as crazy as this might sound, I think he would have lasted more than 10 games. Oof. And I guess that's an inadvertent shot at <laughs> Frank Reich. Sorry, Frank. Um, but, but. <laughs> Would you take a Bo Nix if he's sitting there in late second or third round? Tim, I'll throw this one to you. What do you think? If we're picking in the late second or third rounds, I'd rather go with a Sam Hartman um, than a Bo Nix. But the thing is, Bo Nix is already so much older. I say older, but like he is like, you know, a lot of these guys come out in their 2021s. And he's what, 24, 23, 24. So, so, you know, these, a lot of these quarterbacks are so much older than um, we're used to. But that's just me. I'm just poor. I'm just partial to Sam Hartman, I think. That's just, that's my issue. Yeah. The NIL, the transfer portal, um, the COVID year, medical red shirt. Yep. Academic red shirt. I mean, Frank Harris, UTSA quarterback. I know I'm diverging here for a hot second. He's entering his ninth year in 2024 as quarterback of the Roadrunners, you know, mid level team. They're not a power five team. To answer the question on, on my end, so Bo Nix, he's 23, but he will be 24 by the time of the draft. Sam Hartman is already 24, but oh. um, I believe Hartman I he just was did like older. traditional. Yeah, he's also older. Um, both are 90s, guys. We're starting to run out of 90s players. 
um, in the draft, and it's kind of sad. It makes, it makes me feel so old. Yeah. Um, I was just about to say, it makes me feel old. Um, I'm officially older than the average NFL player at 27. Uh, 27.7 is the average age of an NFL player. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be that, I'll be older than that this summer. <laughs> um, I wouldn't hate Bo, Bo Nix. Uh, I'll be honest with you, Robert. Two years ago, I trashed him on my college football podcast when he was at Auburn, and he tr- he transferred to Oregon and proved me wrong. Um, he was phenomenal this year. He, in my opinion, was the most accurate quarterback in the country and that includes michael Penix jr i think Penix jr was second most accurate likely because he throws a higher volume and much deeper passes but bo Nix was phenomenal this year i wouldn't hate it if it was second or third round i would prefer something else or wait for arch manning but i don't think manning will come out in 2025 because quinn ewers decided he's going back to texas so Uh We don't know. Well, he hasn't officially announced it yet, but I expect him to. Plus, with all the QBs in this draft, it would be wise for Ewers to wait, in my opinion. Yeah, he'll definitely be more of a top three quarterback the following year. Sam, imagine Arch just for a second to the Giants. I don't. I don't want to think about that. Right now. No, no, that's, that's two years far ahead. Uh, greetings from my teammates for your live show. Thank you, Tudo. Studio. Um, back to the script, Sam. With the <laughs> off season coming up, what would you say? Obviously, we know the O line is still a major problem. We know the team can't go through three quarterbacks again. That, that's a big must. But what would you say was your biggest takeaway from this season as a whole? Um, major takeaway from this season was that one it was definitely that rebuilding year that we always say that we're not going to say but it is you know it is what it is overall you know there were a lot of things that need to be fixed I mean we just talked for a very long time about the offensive line um Daniel Jones going down with offensive line being all crappy but then with like a shining light like Bobby O picking up Isaiah Simmons, you know, these guys made our team better. And I think our overarching theme here is just the the time and the patience that we are doing this season will hopefully be a better takeaway for next year. Because I genuinely feel, I mean, this is how I felt last year as well, going into this season um, that we just had. Um, I thought it was going to be a much better year, but I definitely feel like the main takeaway here is that we got all the the nooks and crannies out of here like we, we're kind of working through it right now and we know what we need to fix we know what we need to focus on and we're going to have some new players we're going to have some new staff members I'd like to think that things are going to start ironing themselves out as April approaches as August approaches as September approaches um so I think that would be my major takeaway is that we, we got all the bad out and now we're going to start working on the good. Um, I love that point. Um, my biggest takeaway from the season is the defense as a whole. 
and how well it performed. And a lot of credit, unfortunately, does go to the man that's not here anymore. But Bobby Okereke might be the Giants' best free agent signing since 2005 when they went out and got Plexico Burrs. Um, that's how good he was this season. It's a shock that he's not a pro bowler. Um, there are a lot of good linebackers in the league. Roquan Smith um, is definitely up there. Uh, Micah Parsons, I know he's more of an edge rusher, but uh, you know guys like that, it's a shame. Um, and you got the most out of a lot of young players this year. Deontay Banks looks yep. phenomenal. We saw the best of Jason Pinnock, Micah McFadden. Um, even, you know, I'll, I'll go out and say this. I was impressed with, uh, DJ Davidson and Jordan Riley, those young guys on the interior after that Leonard Williams trade. I mean, the giants stole that Leonard Williams trade. They got a draft pick for Leonard Williams, who they weren't going to resign anyway. And Seattle didn't even make the playoffs. They didn't even make the playoffs and they got two draft picks for Leonard Williams. So, all in all, that's my thing. And um, quickly, Sam, your most improved player on the Giants and the biggest disappointment player on the Giants. <sighs> biggest disappointment hurts me to say this. Um, unfortunately, off the top of my head is Darren Waller. I was waiting for a huge playmaker on offense from Darren um, I understand he had an injury. I understand that he was dealing with that. But after that Christmas Day game, and it was very obvious that the way he was playing towards the end of that game was just not good. And like he made that one play, and we had time on the clock, no timeouts. He wasn't getting up off the field. Like it's things like that that really pissed me off a little bit. But I really was expecting more. If this happens every time we can pick up a free agent from Kenny Galladay to Kyle Rudolph and now Darren Waller, I always have the highest expectations for them and they let me down so hard every time. Um, so I would say he's probably my biggest disappointment. I hope he's sticking. I would assume that he's going to be here next year and that we're going to improve that. He's going to stay healthy. Um, but we're losing time with him. You know, he's an aging tight end. He's going to be done soon. Um, I'd love to get a better performance out of him. Um, most improved. Let's see. I'll go. Um, I'll go Deontay Banks. I, I think that he did an excellent job progressing through this season. I'll throw Wandale Robinson in there as an honorable mention as well. Um, but these young guys, it's very obvious which ones are putting in the effort and stepping up to the plate and doing what they need to do to be a better teammate, to be a better player on the field, and to show us the potential going forward. So young guys for the win right now. Yeah, um, I, I like that a lot. Um, definitely think that Darren Waller needs to do better next season. For me, my biggest disappointment was actually Aziz Ojolari. Um, mm. you know, the, the easy answer here would be Daniel Jones, but I mean, Aziz, the last three years he'd been here, he's never been healthy. And I mean, he had two sacks in the Philly game, like buddy, it's a little too late. You're yeah. entering a contract year next year and you better stay healthy and ball out. Otherwise your ass ain't coming back. Um, it's just what ifs with this team. That's my biggest uh, disappointment and most improved. 
is Kayvon Thibodeau right on the other side of the, the, the line there for me. Um, you know, last year he was solid. He got a lot of pressures, but this year he was a real difference maker. I know maybe he was, he didn't put up much numbers in the last few weeks of the season, but I mean, there were times this year where Kayvon Thibodeau was taking over games defensively. And that's a credit to him and his play and what he worked on in the off season, getting stronger, faster, more physical, and, you know, expanding his array of pass rush moves. And it was very important, Sam, because without him, the Giants' pass rush would literally be non-existent. <laughs> so those are my two nice. um, biggest disappointment and most improved player. And now a couple more comments. Um, we've all been waiting for more than a decade, but same old stories, boss, but so many excuses. What do you think of this, Sam? I mean, it's been the same thing for the past decade, yes, but what we haven't had in the past decade was a head coach and a GM on the same timeline, and yep. that's what I think makes this time different. Yep. I knew you were going to say that. Um, I knew you were going to say that. All right. That. I don't mean to steal your thunder. No, 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 no. I was saying because I was like, I know how yeah. Tom thinks, and I know that that's going to be <laughs> one of the main factors going into the season is – and the fact that we haven't had a head coach going into a third season in God knows how long at this point. So I, I agree. Yes. I'm, I'm not saying that we're going to the Super Bowl next year, but I'd like to think that the improvement will start to show up onto the field a little bit more next year because of the fact that we have more consistency in the staff. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, Robert, I don't, really want Trey Lance. Um, uh, but, Trey Lance. Yeah, and Justin Fields. Justin Fields is entering a contract year. You're basically giving him one year, and then you have to decide if you're going to pay him or not because I don't think the Giants would pick up his fifth-year option if they were to move on from Jones. I just think that would be a little not good because if you want a quarterback, you draft the quarterback, four years cost-controlled money. You don't have to pay him the big bucks. And I think that's what would make the most sense, have four years of not having to pay. That's why I say they shouldn't bring Saquon back. I mean, he rushed for under 1,000 yards this past year. I love him. He's an outstanding athlete, great high-character level guy. But he's turning 27. He's probably got about three good years left in him. Hmm. And I just don't think – yeah, I just – I think you get similar production from guys who maybe aren't as good. Saquon, you can probably get similar production at this point, and I hate I to say that. I hate to say that. No, but you're right. You're right, and that's the problem with these running backs asking for so much money because you can get a more mediocre or average running back and get similar results. And, again, all comes down to an offensive line as well. You have a an average running back behind an excellent offensive line. That guy's running all over the place. And that's the problem with the whole running back contract situation that they brought up in the beginning of the season. Absolutely. And look at this. It's disappointment not getting to attend the Tommy D pizza shop sign. I have to shout out Tommy DeVito. I, I opened up Instagram right before we started this and I saw an ad with him and his mother on Instagram. And I was like, you know what? Good for you. Keep getting that money, Tommy, as much as you can, while you can. 
Because after this, you're going to start to fall off the edge of the earth if you don't start making moves on the field. Sam, I went to Target today, and I saw Rouse. That's how you say it, right? Rouse. The tomato sauce brand. Rayos. Rayos. Pardon. Um, I'm not very up to date with my names, it seems. (laughs) But Rayos, yeah. And I immediately thought of Tommy DeVito. I got influenced. I have, I always have a jar of Reyes in my house as like an emergency sauce um, because normally I go and get my sauce from the Sally Maria. But if I don't and I need to, like Reyes is the best canned tomato sauce you can get. I was influenced to go out and buy more Reyes. I got different type of sauce. I got a, a vodka sauce and it's delightful. I, and I was like, Tommy made me do that. I didn't need another jar of sauce, but I went out and got it. He's doing his job. Shout out, Tommy. Tommy DeVito, awesome bright spot of this season. Quickly here, we'll make this the uh, last segment of the evening, and we'll save the rest for next week. Our next, our last live stream of the 2023 season will be next week, by the way. Sam, defensive coordinator predictions time. I don't want to, you know, we won't. We talked about Wink earlier, folks, and we're not going to talk about it again in depth. Sam, if you had to decide right now who our next defensive coordinator is, who would you say you would want? Obviously, we know what the rumors say now, but who do you think might work well for you? Um, I'm going to say, like, gun to my head, I have zero seconds to think about it, Leslie Frazier. Uh, just, you know, there's the connection to the Bills, um, he knows already how to be a defensive coordinator because sometimes they try and bring these guys up from someplace else to fill in a coordinator position. I mean, the Bills' defense is one of the best defenses in the league. They are excellent, and even when they deal with injuries, they're still excellent. So I'd say he's going to be the guy that I'm picking off the top of my head. Okay. Um, for me, he- yeah, I mean, he's definitely a good option. It's a different defense, though, so we might not see guys Fair. like Isaiah Simmons come back. But um, Tudo says, hopefully, Antonio Pierce, most probably he won't keep Raiders head coach position. Um, I Don't get me wrong. I, he, he was a, a winner here. He, he did great as a giant here. Not sure I'd want him as the defensive coordinator because the Giants have focused on building a stout and consistent culture. Um, my personal opinion, Tudo, I wouldn't want him because of you know some off the field stuff in the past, as we've heard about. In addition to Sam, I know you've mentioned some stuff too. I don't want to put you on on the spot, but maybe you know he he's maybe favoritism towards some players a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I would prefer more of like, I don't think this, this isn't my pick by the way, but like a Ron Rivera style guy. If we're talking about like a former head coach to come in and coach the defense, I'd prefer that or Leslie Frazier over. Uh, um, I know Brian McCardle has a gripe with Leslie Frazier. He's coached nowhere over three years, but I prefer either of those two guys over a guy like, let's say AP. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we had this conversation earlier this week, Tom, and I agree to Antonio Pierce. He did what he had to do for the Raiders, um, but he wouldn't even be on our radar right now if he hadn't been upgraded to interim head coach, unfortunately. Um, But 
yeah, no, I'm I'm not a fan. And like Tom said, I've heard some things about him uh, having favoritism towards players and players that he doesn't like. They don't like him back, and there there could be some animosity there. It's just not not good for a coordinator position. I don't think. I think the most likely hire is um, I, I would say. Again, I'm not saying who I want. I'm saying who I think right now. The most likely hires are Leslie Frazier or Antonio Pierce. Um, Who I would like to see a wild card is Jim Leonard, uh, former Wisconsin Badgers uh, head coach, former New York Jet as well, and Baltimore Raven. Jim Leonard, uh, really good job with the Big Ten defense, Big Ten West defense over the past few seasons. Um, Young guy, too, who I think and players and the scheme wouldn't have to change that much. So that would be my pick who I would want. I would like to see maybe Jim Leonard get the job. Will he get an interview? I don't know. Um, but that's a guy that I've always said, you know, he would be really good defensive coordinator in the NFL one day. So that's my pick might be a little wild card. might be a little out there, but that's who I would like to see. But Tudor says, Tommy, Mara will always look and bring cheaper stuff rather than proven and well around boss. I just have a bad feeling. <laughs> it's possible, right? It's definitely possible. But all right. Uh, Sam, anything you want to add? I think we pretty much covered it all. But for tonight, I think we pretty much got everything we wanted to in there. It's been a wild last few days for sure. Yeah. As long as we were able to talk about Wink Martindale at the airport, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely wink wink <laughs> a little bit but it might be for the better shout out once again Tudo. thank you for that comment appreciate you buddy um folks make sure to tune in next week our last live stream of the season we'll talk about some other off-season predictions um and reveal our top 10 player reveal for 2023 so very excited to talk about that but for now folks sam and i will be posting more content throughout the week uh, you can check out sam's short on the wink martindale news that when it first broke yesterday um i also posted a video if you want to check that out um it's about 10 15 minutes long about some of the coaching changes more in depth and that's where you can find us for all of that content. Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, you make it. Sam, thank you so much for joining once again tonight. Had a blast. And without further ado, folks, we'll see you next week one final time for our live stream this season. And let's go Big Blue. <laughs>